guys handle it when, um, I'm just curious in this round discussion, like I'm thinking of one particular fellow, he was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like can't imagine a day without some sort of sexual contact, newer in recovery and all those things. But you know, that, <gasps> that fear response within the addict, how do you guys, what do you guys talk to them about? How do you talk them off that edge, that ledge? I mean, there's the, there's the behaviors and like, I guess I go a roundabout way at first because that, that gives me a clue into someone's relationship with their sexuality. If they have this, this huge, you know, fear, anxiety response, I'm going to dive more into that. Like they're, what's that about? Where'd that come from? What's the fear that's going to happen? I, I just dive into that exploring it. Cause I don't know for you guys, but for, for many clients that have sexual addiction problems, so many of them, or at least some of them think they're going to die if they don't have sex. Like it's their, it's their lifeline to survival. It's, it's, it was developed as a coping strategy. It was so like, they, 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 they think they're going to die. So, I mean, it might sound obvious, but I haven't yet met anyone who's died from abstinence. I don't know if you guys have, but not yet. Nobody I've met has died if they haven't had sex or right. any kind of masturbation or sexuality. So right. I, I think I, I like to look at what kind of, that's a, is that a survival, like, you know, plea for survival response or just exploring it more? I don't know what you'd say, Tim. I, abstinence contracts are not something that I say, either you do this or I won't work with you. It, it doesn't rise to that level for me. Uh, so I usually just explore what's going on, what their reaction is. Sometimes I'll say, you know, well, we're going to have this conversation down the road. We're not going to do it right now. You know, so we'll we'll have that we'll we'll have that conversation when we get there, and often further into recovery, they're able to see it differently. I also will talk about, and and this is a, a comparison or a, a, a metaphor that I, I I get from Pat Carnes, which I really appreciate. I will talk about the difference between deprivation and what uh, the, the term out there, which is asceticism, and deprivation which many people view absence contracts as, is I'm depriving myself of something that is essential that I need and that it is an awful torturous experience of time that you're putting me through. And I will talk about asceticism, which is I'm going without for a higher purpose. And so what's the higher purpose? Why are we doing this in the first place? You know, because it's it's not, you know, some sadistic therapist that that, that, that is, Therapist that's thinking, oh, what can I put this client through? And Whoa, this is what I'm gonna. It, it's that's not where we're coming from. It's hey, there's a there's a larger purpose here. Mm-hmm. There, here's the reason behind this. And so let's let's talk about this so that that if you're willing to do this, it's not something you experience purely as a deprivation. Mm-hmm. That you experience it as, oh, I'm going without this, and here's the higher purpose. Here's the reason. That I'm going without this, that this is going to give me. You know, this is really highlighting for me the importance of the preparation, the psychoeducation, the the discussion between the coupleship before the abstinence period ever starts. It, to get really the bang for your buck kind of a thing is to do the preparation and discussion ahead of time, so that you know what you know what the higher purpose is which therefore you can avoid resentments or feelings of powerlessness 
for, for either partner or addict. Yeah. But the importance of preparation with, with clinicians and therapists who are experienced in walking, walking folks through this process. 